Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Today's story, To Clothe the Naked. Mister, please, mister. What? Please. What's on your mind, pal? It's cold. It's awful cold. You're telling me. I mean, if if you know some old coat I could have, something to wear... It was crazy, sure. But I knew this man, a derelict, somebody from Skid Row. I'd seen him before, a lot of times, in a lot of places. He didn't always look the same. He didn't always sound the same. Sometimes the color of his skin was yellow. Sometimes black or brown. Now it was white. He talked a lot of languages. And I'd met him in most of the places where those languages were spoken. His name? Maybe to you and me, people like him don't have names. I think I first met this guy in the Orient, in Shanghai. My wife Joan and I were on one of those world cruises. And one night... We were standing beside the river, opposite Putang, in the park. Eh? How about this, honey? It's a beautiful night, Al. Is that what you meant? Yeah. You and I. Mr. and Mrs. Al Clooney from Dayton, Ohio, all dialed up standing on the embankment in Shanghai. It's something, huh? We're very lucky. Yeah, but I had to work hard for this. Ten years of hard work. 
My first real vacation since I left school. I know. Boy, oh boy, the things we'll have to talk about when we get home. All the things we've seen, all the places we've been to. You know something, Earl? For instance? I'll be glad to get home. Well, all in good time, honey. Right now, we're having a ball. Are we? I'm not having one. You're not? What do you mean, you're not? Honey, we're having the time of our lives. You are. I'm not. What's the matter? We're on a big cruise, traveling first class, seeing places. And all the misery in them. What misery? Haven't you seen any of it? Joan, what's wrong with you? I was looking at that man over there. What man? Oh. Do you see him? Yeah, I see him. What about him? Just look at him. A bundle of dirty rags. Dirt, sores, and rags. Yeah, a mess. Poor creature. Well, what can you do? You know what they say, honey. The poor are always with us. That guy's really in bad shape, huh? It's awful. Awful. Well, let's get back to town, honey. Why, Al? Why? We're going to a party, that's why. I meant, why are there people like that? How should I know? Anyhow, he's not supposed to be around here. If a cop sees him, he'll get chased out of here. Because he's ragged? Well, I... And what possible difference could being chased out of this park make to him? Or to anyone like him? He has nothing to lose. Let's go, honey. Oh, well, there's so much misery around the world. People should have decent clothes to wear. Some of them even don't have any. It's, it's just not right. Okay, so it's not right. Only we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves, not looking for all the miseries of the world. That's just it. You don't have to look for it. It's everywhere we go. She's coming over to us. We should have gotten out of here. Give him something, Al. Sure, sure, why not? Oh, it's horrible, horrible. He's a human being, a man. And he has to go around like that. Hold it. Hello, pal. What's on your mind? Oh, nice. Oh, very nice people. A scrawny arm covered with sores reached out towards me. Claw-like fingers touched my jacket for just a moment, then withdrew. The man didn't ask for anything. You just wanted to touch my jacket. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, it ought to be. Give it to him, Al. What? Your jacket. Give it to him. Give him a... John, are you out of your mind? Well, give him something. I was going to. Here, pal. Here's a couple of U.S. dollars, okay? Dollar. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Boy, is he happy. A couple of bucks and he's a happy guy. It scares me to see people like that. Scares you? Why? I don't know. Why should you be scared? So many millions of people like that man. They must hate people like us. Honey, you talk as if it's a crime to be like we are. Okay, so we've got all the clothes that we need. Is that bad? It's bad that there have to be people like that man. What becomes of them? How do I know? Well, don't you care? 
Well, he went out responsible for the world's problems, and certainly not for that guy. Aren't we? No, we're not. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Oh, come out of it, Joan. Knock it off, huh? Isn't each one of us a part of everyone else? Philosophy at this hour of the night. Come on, Joan. Let's get back to town and have some fun, huh? And forget about that guy. Yes, let's forget about him, Al. Let's go and have some fun and forget all about him and everyone like him. Let's do just that, honey. This was a few years ago. There must be a few million people like that in China and in other places. Only in China, they found some kind of an answer. It's called communism. Liberty as we know it doesn't mean too much to somebody who's got nothing, never had anything. My wife was scared by what we saw out there. She had reason to be. But I wasn't impressed. As I said, this was some years ago. That same night, when we got back to the ship, Joan was still upset about things. Al? Yeah, honey. I guess you think I'm sort of silly. About what? You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Not yet. Just give me time. You've already forgotten. I'm sure of that. Did I forget to pay the check? I'm talking about that poor man we saw. Man? What man? Oh, no. We're not worrying about that guy again, are we? Doesn't it mean anything to you? What should it mean? Can you just put that man out of your mind as if he didn't matter? As if he didn't exist in our world? Look, honey, if I sat down to brood about it, sure, I could make it mean something to me. But like I said, I don't feel it's my fault. There are people like that in this world, so why should I go around making myself miserable about them? I just meant that... Well, maybe we could... Maybe we could do what? Joan, I'm a happy guy. I'd like to stay that way. Quit trying to get through to my conscience. Am I getting through? Honey, my conscience is in great shape. Joan, for Pete's sake, let's just enjoy the fruits of my labor, huh? And have a good time on this cruise. I'm sorry. Okay, so stop worrying about the downtrodden. They'll still be around long after we're forgotten. Do us both a favor and think about something else. I'll try. That's my gal. <laughs> Forget. For a lot of us, that's easy. It was easy for me. If I gave them any thought at all, I guess I just put them into a category. People like that belong to a pattern of life. They've never known anything else. Never known any other kind of existence. And they're spread across the face of Asia and a few other corners of the globe. It wasn't pleasant to think about them. So why think about them? That was my philosophy. The cruise took us to a lot of countries. In one, somewhere in Central America, we sat at a small table under a palm tree with a nice, cool drink. And then we heard his voice again. The accent was different. The color of his skin was different. But that was about all. 
Senhora. Senhor. Pardon. What's on your mind, pal? Forgive me, senor. For what? Please, do not call the police. Police? What are you going to do? Hold us up? Oh, senor, I have no gun. I have nothing, as you can see. But even a man with nothing sometimes has a wife and children. Okay, never mind the pitch. What are you selling? Oh, please, senor, I have nothing to sell. I... Cannot work. I am a cripple, as you can see. And I am in these rags. I must wear rags because I have nothing else to wear. My wife and my children. <laughs> my wife wears rags too. My children, they wear nothing. Senor, I, I do not like to beg. But a man cannot think of his pride when he cannot close his family. He must be ready to beg for them if he cannot work. Sure. I'd seen him before. I'd seen him in North Africa, some parts of Europe, and most parts of the Orient. The truth was I was getting tired of coming into contact with this fellow. Senora... Senor, forgive me. Even some very old clothes you may not want. For my wife, perhaps. Yes. I have a lot of clothes she can have. Oh, senora. I'll go back to the ship and put them together for you. Can you meet me here in about an hour? Senora, to say thank you is not enough. Oh, don't thank me. I couldn't bear it. Al, let's go back to the ship. Joan, what's the matter with you? I just want to give this man's wife some of my clothes, that's all. Will you take me back to the ship? Oh, for heaven's sake. Now, let's see. This one, too. Oh, I hope it fits her. That dress set me back 125 bucks. I don't have any cheap dresses. But she won't mind. You must be out of your mind. Al, this makes me happy. She's only one woman. I know that. But she's in need and I can help her. Well, I bet there's enough material in this dress so that she can cut it up and make clothes for her children. I ought to stop you. Oh, Al, don't even think of that, please. This should get you an honorary membership in the Bleeding Heart Society. No, I guess I can carry all this stuff on my arm. Shall we go? Yeah, let's get this mission over with. We found the man still waiting where we had left him. Joan gave him the clothes. And he just stared at them, unable to utter a sound. And then he just looked at her for a long moment. That was all. And then he was gone. And Joan and I walked along the promenade. Well, say something. I can't. I let you give all that stuff away, didn't I? It wasn't enough. I mean, back in the cabin when I was picking up some dresses for that poor man's wife. I kept hoping you'd say you'd throw in a suit or some sort of clothing for the man. But you didn't. I don't suppose it even occurred to you, did it? No, I guess it didn't. Al? Yeah? We're different, aren't we? I mean, we're different kinds of people. What do you mean, different? Oh, just that some people care, care about the needy, and others don't. Oh, Oh, that. 
There must be a big difference between the two kinds, don't you think? Oh, now, look. But it's true. There are two kinds of people in the world, the ones who care and the others who don't. Okay, I get the message. You're repeating yourself, Joan. I know. Now, look, Connie, I'm getting a little tired of this subject. I'm getting very tired. Let's drop it. All right, Al. You think I was some sort of social outcast, the way you talk? No. People like that man are the outcasts. Although I don't think they will be afterwards. Afterwards? In the next life. I don't think God will reject them or let them beg for clothes. Why does he let them now? I think about that sometimes. Think about it now. Maybe he puts each of us through a test while we're on earth to see how much we respect him and love him, to see whether we put more value on material things than we put on his love. I don't know. That's all I can think of. Our Lord has so much compassion for the needy, and if we follow his teachings, I guess we have to show compassion too. If we don't, then we're not showing any love for him. Just as simple as that, huh? Am I wrong? Look. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. When are you ever wrong? When am I ever right? The only right thing I do is make money. Now, that's not fair. I've never implied anything like that. It's just that it hurts when I see your indifference to people in need. Don't you understand that? Yeah, sure, I understand. I understood. But that didn't change things. Oh, I made donations. But most of the money I gave away, I could write off in taxes. A few weeks later, Joan and I were back in Dayton, Ohio. It's good to be home. It's only a ten-minute walk from my house to my office, and so I often walk. That's how I met that guy again. It was raining. It was bitterly cold. Not a taxi in sight. So I was walking home that evening, and he appeared in front of me. Thin, gaunt figure in a threadbare jacket and torn trousers. And soaking wet. Mister. Please, mister. What? Please. What's on your mind, pal? It's cold. Awful cold. You're telling me. I mean, if you know some old coat I could have, something to wear. Look, uh, I don't want to sound technical, but there are places where you guys can go to get clothes, missions, charity places. You don't have to go around the streets begging. Mister, I just got into this town. I don't know my way around. I... <laughs> Excuse me. I just don't know my way around. Uh, uh. He just collapsed to the ground in a puddle of water. After a few minutes, a small crowd gathered and a cop came along. There was nothing I could do, so I went home. Where is he now? I don't know, honey. You don't know? Well, the cop was there. I... Because they know what to do in cases like that. Al, you're so indifferent. This man asked you for help. 
He was cold. He needed something to wear. He fainted in front of you. Don't you have any feelings at all? Well, well, sure I have, Joan. Oh, you know that. Where are you going? Going to the phone to find out where that man is. Well, he's okay. They probably took him to the hospital. Yes, they probably did. But a man like that needs something else. He needs to know there's somebody who cares about his need. What are you going to do? Find out where he is and visit him. Oh, no. They let me see you. Fear? Fear from some welfare? No. I heard what had happened and I, I came to see you. We, you thought maybe I was somebody you knew? No. Lady, I don't understand. I'm a friend. Can you understand that? Friend? I don't have any friends. I got nobody. I used to have. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Al. Hmm? Oh. oh, you're home. It's late. I thought you'd be in bed by now. Oh, I was waiting up for you. Oh. You want something? Some coffee? No, thanks. You, uh, you saw the guy? Yes, I saw him. Uh, how is he? I don't know. He's very ill, very weak. I'll call in the morning, ask about him. Yeah, sure, honey. I, uh, I was thinking tonight, uh, I mean, a guy like that sure needs clothes. I have a couple of suits I don't need and a coat, that cashmere I never use. All right. I'm sure he'd be grateful. Or someone else could be. Someone else? You mean... He looks and sounds so sick, Al. That's all. He was so grateful. Because I went to see him. Yeah, yeah, sure, honey. Must have been great for him. Just great. Well, I... I suppose we'd better go to bed. You know, honey... I wish I could do something for that guy. I, I just never realized that. I know, Al. I know. I didn't sleep much that night. Not did Joan. I kept thinking about that fellow. And about my attitude when he'd asked for help. I treated him like a, like an outcast. And I kept thinking that it could have been me instead of him. Morning took a long time to come. I heard Joan telephoning. Joan? Honey, what do they say? He died during the night. Oh, no. 
He was sick. People do get sick from not having clothes to wear. They get sick and they die. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. But he was just one man. Just one single person. And we've seen so many like him all around the world. Yeah, but here in this country... Al, that man is dead because nobody cared. He was like you and like me. A human being. A child of God. But nobody cared about him. I feel so sick about it. I feel sick. They have no special nationality, no special color of their skin, no special creed, and they're all about us. You don't have to look far to find them. The ones in need, the ones who need clothes. It took a while for me to understand they belonged to us as much as though each was our brother or a sister. Because in the eyes of God, that's just what they are. And I'm sure now that he holds us responsible for them. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, Learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>